Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Today, as I uh, just really pour my heart out to you and what I feel like God has been sharing with me over the last little bit, Man, I want you to lean in and I want you to partner with me. Thank you, Brian. I want you to lean in and I want you to partner with what the Spirit is saying today. Um, Today is a little bit different. As many of you know, if you've been around me for any length of time, um, we believe in the fivefold ministry. It's not called that in Scripture. Uh, In Ephesians 4.11, Jesus gave gifts to the church, and they are the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we know that the foundation of the church, the Scripture says, is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And so uh, this year, uh, I want us to really, really, really renew our understanding of that. We've done lots of in-depth teaching, but at times new people come into the church that they may never have heard of those gifts before. It it, uh, is amazing to me uh, that, you know, people haven't heard of some of these things, but I get caught up in my bubble. There was a time in my life that I knew nothing about church And then I got saved, and from the age of 15 on, I've been in church, and now I'm about to turn 56. So I've been in church the majority of my life, even though I didn't start out that way. And sometimes I forget everybody did not grow up with the understanding of the scriptures that I have. I don't profess to be somebody that has this incredible knowledge of in-depth scripture, but I'm, I'm not the dullest tool in the shed either, right? I may not be the sharpest, but I ain't the dullest. Um, And so as we talk this year, you know that out of uh, uh, the five different gifts that I really, uh, and I say this very, very humbly, but I operate in all of those offices and uh, as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, in this church, many times I will operate strongly in the teaching office. And so in my style of teaching uh, or, or preaching, many times I get frustrated with it. I didn't ask to be a teacher. I didn't ask to be any of these things, uh, to be honest. But I didn't ask to be a teacher. But that's one of the strong um, uh, gifts that I have because my mission in life is to be a discipler of disciples. My mission, my personal mission in life is to be uh, or, or is to help you be the best version of yourself. That's my mission. And in doing so, a discipler or a teacher uh, bases their stuff on facts. Now, you wouldn't think that in today's culture, but every good teacher always wants to have documentation. I can't just come in here and say, well, you know, four out of five people, blah, blah. Where did you get that? What study did that come from? You just can't throw statistics out. You just can't throw knowledge out. As a matter of fact, I heard someone say the other day, I wish I could remember what it was for the sake of this message, but I heard someone say something in scripture and I'm like, I don't think that's accurate. 
Like, I've never heard that before. And they just brushed over it like it was truth. And I'm like, hang on a second. I wasn't in a, in, in a setting where I could ask them a question, but I'm, I'm sitting there going, when you make a statement that big and that sweepingly broad, man, you need a documentation. I need to know where you found that in Scripture. You know. And so as we go into our teaching today, it's going to be a little bit different, and I'm coming to you today in the role of a prophet, not a teacher. I'll have a little bit of teaching that you'll see on the screen behind me, but I'm coming really to you today as a prophet. Uh, uh, the Lord has spoken to me, and this is what I want you to hear the Lord saying. I want you to take it as the Lord said it. I want you to take it and receive it. You can go test it. You can go try it out. As a matter of fact, Paul told uh, the church, test the spirits. I'll just take for granted. There are people in this room, you don't know me. You don't know me like Brian or Shay knows me or Amy knows me. You don't know me at a certain level. I don't have to sell what I'm saying from the Spirit to these guys because they know me. There are others, you've not walked with me that long, and there are some of you that don't really know me from Adam. So you have to go test this. You got to take it. You got to pray with it. You got to see if it lines up with the Word today. And so as I'm speaking to you today, I started this uh, series, and I'm like, I, I don't understand the way God works, and I don't like the way he works many times. I have been struggling for months about, like, what, this, what January is looking like. You know, I like to have my series all together and branded. You know, I've a, I'm a graphic designer, so I like all of my graphics, you know, put together really well. And I'm like, I, I've told people, like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's the table. I think, I think there's something around the table, lessons about the table that the church, God wants us to learn. And I've been speaking to several guys in, 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 in my uh, cadre, you know, my posse, my group of believers, um, my followers, and they know the angst that I have felt. And I'm like, I, I, God, could you just give it to me? Like, or if you're not going to give it to me, could you just say, um, could you just say, hey, don't fret about this. Don't even worry about it over the Christmas holidays. Enjoy your Christmas break. Don't even be thinking about it. I ain't going to give it to you until January the first week. Like, if he could just, like, slip me a little bit like that. And it's like, as I'm saying this, I hear Holy Spirit. I thought you just, I hear Holy Spirit. This is how he works with me. I hear Holy Spirit just saying, I trust in God. My Savior. Wasn't you seeing that a minute ago? <laughs> you know? Just trusting him. Last night, man, I'm, I'm uh, putting some last-minute stuff on uh, this series that I'll begin next week called The Table. And uh, the Lord said, I, I don't want you to start that tomorrow. I want you to just stick with, with some prophetic things that the Lord has been speaking into my spirit. And so um, today... If you've been around Destiny for any length of time, you know that on the first Sunday of every year, and this has been happening, it's a phenomenon for us. I, God is my witness. We do not force this to happen. But God just speaks to us what the next year looks like, that everything flows out of this, our teachings, our small group, all of our discipleship uh, ministry and, and everything. And this Sunday, meaning the first Sunday of every year, is the Sunday that I always share what that is. And uh, I want to go back 
two years from now. And I want to share this one with you. Anybody remember this one? God wants the world to see Jesus in me. So I'll live a life that reflects his glory. And that year, all we focused on was like our personal witness matters. That's one of our seven core values. Our witness matters. Like what we do outside of this building matters in our world. It matters on your job. It matters in your family. It matters. As a matter of fact, I had a psychotic episode uh, on, uh, uh, during the Christmas break. And uh, Shay said, you really lost influence with uh, some of our family. And I'm like, that's great. And this is what I, I, I put back. I did. I mean, I lost my cool, dude. I'm like, it was coming unglued. I mean, I was popping six packs, you know. I'm <laughs> not, not, not drinking. Uh, you, you've heard the expression, you open up a, I'm going to open up a six pack <laughs> can of whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be, whoo, I'll get in trouble. But I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, I was like, psh, 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 you know, and I, I just lost it. I just went psychotic for a little bit. And I just, I, I told people off. I told them how I felt, whether it was right or wrong, whether I was right or wrong, whether it was right or wrong, whether I was right or wrong, I lost it. And then I had family members say this, um, I've never seen that side of him. And then, of course, my wife so supportingly says, oh, I have. <laughs> and, and, and so this is how I put it to them. I can eat my mistakes. I can go take responsibility. But I also need for my family to give me grace and mercy. Because every time we get together, it's always y'all losing it. You know, you always got one of those crazy family members that loses it. You know what I'm saying? This time was my turn. So I need y'all to give me the same amount of grace that I give you guys. But what am I talking about? I'm talking about, dude, my influence. I'm talking about what I, my witness matters. Only takes, it takes a lifetime to build it. It takes one instance to mess it up. God wants the world to see Jesus in us. And so my goal is to live a life that reflects his glory. And that's what Jesus said to me. I remember the house that I lived in. I remember the room that I was in when he said that to me. He said, Rife, I just want the world to see Jesus in my people. So will you live a life that reflects his glory so that they can see him in you? All right. Then the next year was this. This was the one that we just came out of. So as I increase in Christ, he gives me influence to impact my community. So as I increase in my knowledge of God, as I increase in my community with brothers, as I increase with people holding me accountable, as I increase with growing in him, God begins to give me influence. And the purpose of that influence is to make an impact in the community. Are you, are you seeing how those two go together? Now, here is this year's. This year's is all about community. God created me for community, and every contact has the potential for a positive impact. I want us to sink it in today, man. God created 
me for community. Every contact has the potential for positive impact. I just begin to hear the Lord in the latter part of uh, last year saying, Rife, every person you come in contact matters. And I don't live that way. You know, I don't live, I'm, I'm checking out, man, at the grocery store. I'm just trying to get home. That woman at the register is not, I'm, she's, I don't consider her. Please understand me, a culture of honor is also one of our seven core values. But I am not in that line. I'm honoring her, but she's not in my, you know, big picture. The Holy Spirit said, every, if, if we believe he orders our steps, we just sang a song about that. If we believe that he orders our steps, then whoever we come in contact with, it matters. And God led us there. Every person that we're there with. So here's what I want us to begin to do. I want us to begin to ask ourselves when we're around people, this is going to take some time to become part of our DNA. I want us to ask ourselves, Lord, why am I here in front of this person or these people? And do you want anything from me? Just that. Why am I here with him, her, or them? Why am I here with these people? And do I have any obligation from you? Do you want me to do anything? Sometimes the Lord just wants us to be there and listen, and that's what he wants from us. Sometimes he may want to observe or teach us a lesson by keeping our mouth shut and just observe. But when we, if every contact is important, where do I get that? God said, every one of those people that we come in contact with, they're my sons and my daughters. I've been in some situations recently where I've been praying for people to be removed from my life. Y'all don't pray that way, do you? Y'all don't pray that way. I'm not mad at this person. As a matter of fact, the person actually, I, I, I love them in the Lord. I don't love them like in a, a, a relationship. I don't have a relationship with them like that. But for whatever reason, they're a part of my world and I don't like it. They're nice. They're nice. As a matter of fact, I've asked the Lord, God, please don't let me like them. Don't let me like them. Don't let me start building a bond of relationship here because they're, they're living in sin. And I, I, dude, does that sound horrible? It really does. Y'all are lying. That sounds horrible. When we are called to love God, love people, and I'm praying, I'm praying. I remember the room I'm in, in the house that I live in right now, the time it happened, and I'm praying, God, could you just let them exit my life? And so one day I might be able to go into detail. I can't right now. But I'm praying that this person exits my life, and the Lord just says, why don't you bless them? I'm like, I'm trying to get rid of them. I'm not looking at blessing them. And as I'm praying for them, I don't, I never use their name. Shay knows what I'm talking about. I never use their name. And the Lord said to me, do you know that you can't even say their name? That's how much you don't want to make connection with them. You don't even want to say their name. 
He's my son. He's my son. And I don't care. Well, he does care. You have to go with it. Read through my translation of this. The Lord is saying, I care more about him than his sin that he's living in. I care about him. See, you see the sinner, but I see my son. You see a sinner. You see somebody who's repulsive. You see somebody that you don't want to do life with, and you're trying to get rid of them. I need you to be me. I just need you to let them see the reflection of God's glory. And so I begin, and, and so he tells me to bless him, and I begin to bless him. And I didn't know how to bless him at first because I'm like, how do I bless somebody that's living in sin? How am I supposed to bless them? And the Lord's like, you're praying over the symptoms. I need you to bless the source. Like, I need you to bless the person. You're, you're, you see the symptoms of the sin that they're living a life of, of, of debauchery before the Lord. I need for you to bless the source. And when you begin to bless the source, I promise you, if he receives the blessing, if the blessing comes through, all of those symptoms are going to begin to go away and disappear because the Lord's going to bring healing. All right? So what's happening to me right there? I am increasing in Christ. If I could be honest with you, I thought I had already increased beyond that point. Evidently, I failed that class. Evidently, I was over in the remedial uh, part of the, the uh, church because I hadn't learned that. And I'm like, man, I'm learning this now after 35-ish plus years of ministry. And God, you're teaching me this now? I'll get to this later in, in some of the stuff I'm going to be showing you. But... What happened is God's revealing to me that I know stuff that I don't know that I know. Because I'm too caught up on looking at circumstances and those kinds of things. This year, man, I just call you. Let's trust in God. Let's stop looking at circumstances even when they are like superseding every out of control uh, uh, you know, level in our life. Let's trust God and not look at those circumstances. So look, this Romans ten thirteen through 15 says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they, uh, unless they have, or, or if they have never heard of him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone uh, go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers of the good news. Like everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they even know to call on him if nobody's told them? And how will they know if nobody has told them because nobody's ever sent them? Like, how will they know to do that? And so God began to just place on my heart. Man, I even uh, preached a series called Testify last year. And Testify was just like, you have a story that God wants to use. And he's going to put you in front of people. He's going to give you influence. You're going to make an impact on their life. And this year, as we come together, what we are going to see is that the community that we were built for, that we were made for... 
that that contact, there's potential for a positive impact in that. But how will you ever know if you never take the opportunity to share your story? I did it last year, but we're going to go deeper in it this year in teaching you how to use your story, the good news, How can we use your story to share his good news? Because your good news is only good news because of his good news, of what he's done in your life. And so I want to break this down uh, to you real quick. Number one. First part of that was I was created for community. In Genesis, I'm, I'm basically just going to share three scriptures with you. You already know these scriptures, but I'm just reiterating how we were built for community. Pastor Rife, we already know this, yada, 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 the church community. No, listen, we were built for community. Why is this important? Because some of y'all don't like people. And so you avoid people. See, I'm not. I love community, and I don't. I seek people out. As a matter of fact, I irritate my family because they're like, "Shut up!" Like you don't have to talk to everybody in the store. (laughs) And I do, man. I talk to everybody. But the thing is, is that I'm not saying that all of my conversations are are meaningful. Hopefully, they are. I hope they are to to people. But. I want you to understand that we were created for community. I'm not just up here saying something that sounds churchy. Number one, Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created us in his image. That's such a big statement. That's so deep. I just want to touch on the one facet of it that is about community. God is community. If God is community, then I'm community because I'm created in that image. God is the essence of perfect community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit existing co-eternally. None came before or after the other. They all existed. And when I say they... That I don't even know if that's the right way to address the triune God. We are trying to figure out how to describe him in our uh, three-dimensional way. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are linear. He's eternal. He had no beginning. He had no end. Like That's impossible in our world. But we know mathematically eternity is empirically provable. We know there's... there's, there's there's no negative number where it stops. There's no integer that moving forward in positive integers that stop. We know right there that is a principle of eternity. God is community perfected. And so if he created us in his image, that's how we are. Then we are built and created for community. The second uh, one is Genesis 2.18 says that the Lord said it's not good that man should be alone. So I'm going to make a helper who is just right for him. God is not admitting to a fault in his design when he says it's not good. He's making a declaration. Hey, it's not good. I never intended for him to be alone. I intended for him to be in community all along. 
You guys thus far have just gotten the Adam version, but I'm bringing the community, his helpmate, his helper. I'm bringing the other part of community. And so we see that not only were we created in his image, but that God also created other people for us to be in community with. And then this is the last one. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says that there's one body, meaning there's one body. I have one body. It's built of many parts, but all its many parts make up one body, and it's the same with, quote, the body of Christ. It's as this, the New Testament writers, God inspired them. He's trying to give the idea of what the body of Christ looks like, and he's like, well, let me just break it down to you like this, because you guys are natural, And so let me explain it in something you might understand. You know, you've got a pinky, you've got a nose, you've got an ear, you've got a foot, you've got a liver, you've got a spleen. You know, you have all these different parts. Just like all of those have a specific function, that's how the body of Christ is. Man, in the body of Christ, I did not create, and, and our culture is horrible at this in the church. God is saying, I did not create any superstars. God never intended the church to have superstars. And we create superstars. As a matter of fact, we call them celebrity pastors. Like, dude, I'm just telling you, that is, that's a term that it's like, please, I would never want to be called that because we're supposed to be the least. If you want to become the greatest, you got to become the least. If we want to really be like Jesus, listen. If you ever see Rife Stewart, I think I've ridden in a limousine one time in my life, and it was a fluke at the airport. And, um, but if you ever see Rife Stewart pulling up in a you know, special parking space, if you ever see me pulling up and you know I've got people, um, man, there are some churches, they're like, let me hold your Bible, let me hold your, and I'm like, I can carry this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't need that kind of attention. I appreciate the honor, but give me honor where it really matters. You know, I can carry my own book bag. I can carry my own Bible. I can carry all that stuff. I don't need somebody to rush up to the stage unless my hands are busy and wipe sweat off my brow. I don't need any of that. You know, and we are living in this day and age where we idolize, you know, ministers and they're the only ones. I had somebody ask me years ago, like, you know, why don't, why don't you pray this way and why don't you do that? Because we believe in our church, the ministry of believers. There's a ministry of believers. You have a ministry. You can lay hands on people. Same Holy Spirit that's in you can prophesy through you. Same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you that you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. I used to have people to call me all the time and uh, they'd be like, Pastor, can you tell me where this is? And, um, and I'm like, hang on a second. Let me Google this. Uh-huh, it's in John chapter 2, verse whatever. And they're like, oh, thank you. That's so deep in the word. I'm like, no, I don't know this thing by heart. I know a lot of it, but you know, 
you need to dig out the word for yourself. You need to learn how to feed yourself. You need to operate in the ministry giftings that you have. And in this place, we are a community, a ministry of believers where we all participate because God will use. As a matter of fact, today, when uh, Shea began to give that message in tongues, Uh, So I operate in the gift of tongues. I operate in the gift of interpretation. Um, I knew immediately that I don't know anything about this right here. So somebody else in this building better have something. And I'm not going, I don't have to make something happen. That's, you're never going to, you know, find that out of me. And so I'm like, We have been in ministry long enough. We're coming up on 17 years of ministry. We've been in ministry long enough uh, as a church body that I'm like, I know somebody here, God, if if that operates, I trust my wife. I know she doesn't do, do, do that gift all the time. When she does that, I know God is moving. And so I'm like, somebody else here has to have the interpretation. I know I don't have it. And I don't have to have it. Because we are a ministry, a body of believers. And that's how he created us. So you and I were created for ministry. That, that, why am I spending so much time on this? Because I need you to understand a couple of things. One, if you don't like people, there's, you, you have a spiritual problem. You need to go to the Lord and you need to begin to ask him, Father God, what's up with me? Is there something in my childhood? Is there something, what, what do I need to change to become more like you? Because Jesus loved people. He went looking for people. Well, come on, boys, we got to go through Samaria. No, we don't. We don't need to go through that den of dogs. You know, nobody wants to go through that part of the city. He's like, yeah, but I got to because there's somebody I need to meet. He's, he's, he's going through, next week I'm going to talk about Zacchaeus. And it's like, uh, and he's like come on, boys, we got to go over to Jericho. And it's like, no, we don't. I know you can get to Jerusalem and not go through Jericho because I've gone there. As a matter of fact, they didn't even take us to Jerusalem. Because, or uh, Sorry, 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 Jericho. I know you can get to Jerusalem without going through Jericho. And They didn't even take us to Jericho because they're like, it's not safe there. It's a bad part of of this area. We do not want to go over there, all right? And so Jesus, what is he saying? He's like, come on, boys, we got to go over here to Jericho. We don't. I see Jerusalem right there, and Jericho's over here. He's like, but I got somebody I got to meet there. I got a plan there. I I got a contact there. Contact needs to become one of your buzzwords. I've got a contact. I have to make a contact. The father has a contact. His name's Zacchaeus, and I've got to go there to meet him. God created you and me for community. When God started sharing this with me, I'm like, God, I ain't really going to tell you I'm even excited about this because I know there's people that they don't like community. They don't like community. They're introverted. They want to be to themselves. And that's not kingdom. I'm just telling you. Uh, can I use you as an example, Brandon? Uh, isn't that great? I ask you and I put you on the spot and it's like you can't say no. Uh, but Brandon was saying something. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, and, and, uh, but he and I are tight. Uh, but Brandon was saying something to me about community not too long ago. And uh, just some things that, you know, the, the Lord... He's looking for God, I think you are, looking for God to change a few things uh, in, in his heart about community. 
because it's so important. And it's like, I hope that you have the heart of Brandon. That if there are things that push you away from community, well, I'm just an introvert. Can I just tell you, that is, that's not an attribute you should be proud of. I used to be an introvert, and I would get sick to the vomit stage of walking into a room. I would go throw up because I couldn't go into a room where there were strangers. I get introvert. I get that. That's not a thing to be proud of, and it's not a characteristic of a healthy person. If you are an introvert, you don't have to become like a ballistic extrovert, but you need to understand that's something that the enemy has, come on, the enemy has formed a weapon of intimidation and timidity and worthlessness against you so that you feel like you don't fit, you don't fit in that room, you don't have anything to offer. I'm telling you what, everybody in this room has something powerful to offer. And don't let the enemy keep you out of community because every contact has the potential for positive impact. All right, so here's the second part of that. Every contact has the potential for positive impact. Look at this. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Stop. Don't read any further. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Outsiders are the contact, okay? Be wise in how you, God wants the world to see Jesus in me, so I will live a life that reflects his glory. That's that part. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Every contact has the potential, has the opportunity for positive impact. Make the most of every opportunity. Verse six, let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that they may know how to answer uh, that you may know how to answer everyone. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, everybody, if you've been in church for any length of time, knows this verse about being salt and light, basically salt of the earth right here. He says, you're the light of the world, a town that's uh, built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a, a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, instead. So stop. People who are lights of the world don't revel in their timidity and introvertedness. They go, could this possibly be something the enemy's formed against me? Why am I timid? Why am I an introvert? Why do I not like to be around people? I can tell you why. The enemy is using that as an instrument to shut your mouth, to keep you shut down to keep you from allowing your light to shine and your salt to, to, to season other people's lives. He says, people don't light a lamp to put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, uh, on its stand in the highest place of the house and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right? And this is the last one I want to share with you. It says, Acts, you know this? Holy Spirit, what's the, what's the point? You've seen the ministry of Holy Spirit in here this morning. If you haven't, I don't, I don't, come talk to me. I'll point out instances where it happened. When Shay spoke 
in, in that prophetic gift, when Alan gave the interpretation, I, what I'm doing right now, all of these are operations, things, you know, the, the, the stuff that we were doing with the uh, musical worship and the singing, all that's power of the Holy Spirit moving. And the point is this, church, the point is this. Not that Holy Spirit's power is for Shay to be able to give a message in a prophetic uh, gift. Not for Alan to be able to interpret it. Not for us to have Holy Ghost little like uh, goosebumps on our body when you could just sense something in the room. All right? Guess what? I've sensed that in the Colosseum with a secular uh, band. It's the same, same symptom that my body has to what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, I get those in church. It's a different power behind it. It's a different power. The purpose of the power behind what we do is to empower us to reflect his glory, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outer parts of the earth. So are you following me on this? Do you feel like I've gotten the point across that you and I were created for community and that every contact that we come in, if the Lord orders our steps, that we have the at least the minimal, the bare minimal is to just say, it doesn't mean like, man, do you know the Lord? Uh, everybody who confesses on the name of the Lord, come on, I want to read you through the sinner's prayer and lead you all. That's at the, the, the extreme version. Yeah. Hardly ever are you going to be there on your first encounter, but you might. You will know if that's your assignment in that season, but Many times it's just you're in front of people and at the very minimal, all we have to do is say, God, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? What is it? I'll give you an example. I, I haven't even shared this with my wife. Um, I'm in Cracker Barrel. This is about a month or so ago. And I go in there to get us uh, some food I was going to get it and take it home. And while I was in there, there's like, come in, dude. It's a weeknight. Place is like a ghost town. And I go in there, and they're taking forever for my food. All right? So that's when we most don't reflect his glory, you know? <laughs> so I'm just in there, and I'm a super patient person. I, no, now, I'm a... I was about to go somewhere. I'd get me in trouble later. But I'm, a, I, I'm very patient. I'm very patient. It takes a lot to blow my stack, uh, except at Thanksgiving. Uh, so it takes a lot. And so I'm in there. I'm just chilling, you know, wondering what's going on and whatever. And this lady is in there, this tall African-American lady. And I'm just giving you context uh, just so you get a mind picture. She's in there. And uh, she's before me. She's waiting longer on her food. And uh, so I just noticed that she says something to me and just small talk. So we just, you know, chit, 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 chat, move on. I go to the other side of the store and our paths cross again. And chit, 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 chat, move on. I go to the other side of the store. Before I know it, you know, we're facing each other again at the counter. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, Shay's like, where are you? <laughs> I'm like... I, she's like, go to the kitchen, cook it yourself, and come home, you know? And uh, so I even took a photo 
of the, of the dining room. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, this, they've got four tables in here. And so anyway, I didn't realize that the Lord had me in there for conversation with that lady. And so I already knew God had already had all this bubbling up in my spirit. And so I'm like, God, why am I in here? Why am I really in here? I, I know the enemy and everything that wants me to think they're late on my food. Why am I really here? What's my obligation here? And so um, I am talking to her. She's talking to me. She's telling me about her mom. She came for an appointment. Something happened. The appointment didn't work out. Her mother's elderly. My, my mom's elderly. Her mom has beginning uh, Alzheimer's or something. And then my mom has some dementia. And, you know, so, so we're, you know, little threads, little threads, little threads. And while we're talking, this other lady walks out who works there. And she walks out and she says, hey, pastor. All right. And. Uh, I said, hey, how are you? And she's like, I went to that church that you told me about. And so I, while I was in there another time, we had prayed for uh, one of the... Uh, now, if I pray for somebody in a restaurant, I, I, that's going to be the Lord. I ain't one of these people that's... Like, I've been in the restaurant with people, and it's like they're praying with folks, and it's like they're trying to slay them in the spirit and all this. And I'm like, man, they got tables to wait on. Well, y'all, you, you, you don't know how to prophesy in public. You don't know how to minister in public. You can't go all church mode in, 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 in Cracker Barrel, you know? Like, so we prayed over this woman, and, and it's, it's, it's quick, prophetic, and everything. And I said, listen, you want to get in church? Where do you live? Where do you live? Because they're going, everybody tells you, I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your church. I'm like, where do you live? I'm like, you don't need to come to my church. You live too far from me. I said, I've got two churches I'll send you. These are Holy Ghost-filled churches. You'll love these churches. All right, so I sent them. So anyway, that's a little aside. Come back to the story. The lady, she walks by and she says, hey, pastor, I went to that church. And, and I said, well, that's awesome. We had a little brief conversation about that. And she said, so you're a pastor? And I said, yes. And she's like, I knew you were a man of God. She said, the Holy Ghost told me. And she's like, but I, I was just a little shy and asking you. So anyway, we got to talking. We, I, I got to pray with her for her mother. She, was, she had come from Montgomery to an appointment that got canceled. And so, you know, she's just really discouraged and all of this. So here's where I am. I had, I, it took them like an hour to get me that meal. Yeah, it was like an hour. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Shay was saying. Robin. You and Shay. And so I'm, here I am. I'm like, if I could have the opportunity to minister to this person, who cares if I was an hour late getting my food? So you got to start looking at things and start seeing, seeing who's in front of you, honing your voice in, your ears into the voice of Holy Spirit. Because... God has some stuff for us this year. I'm going to start closing and um, at least one musician come. I don't care if all y'all come, but at least one. Um, I want to share with you some prophetic words that the Lord gave me um, for this year. Um, I was asked to come speak at a revival just a few weeks ago. And I was supposed to come with a word for the end of the year. And, uh, you know, 
I'm like, God, when you operate in the prophetic, you, it comes from the Lord. It's a person speaking as unto, uh, or from the Lord unto the people of God. And uh, so I'm, I'm driving across Mobile Bay, and I hear the Lord say that this is going to be this next year, because I'm in that year, December, I hear the Lord say that this is going to be a year of challenges. And, and I see this gear in the sky. And I'm like, I didn't rebuke it because I knew it was from the Lord. But I did talk to him about it. And I'm like, if I could just be honest with you, and if I could have a little say here, I don't really like that word because I've had... Man, I had a decade almost of challenges. I'm tired of challenges. I want, I want a word, the Lord, that this is the year of increase. This is the year of breakthrough. This is the year of expect. You know, I, I want one of those words. Can I exchange this one? And but almost at the same time, this has happened very fast. The, the Lord says, this is going to be a year of challenges, but this is going to be a year of solutions. Solutions is the knowledge of God. See, sometimes we have the solution and we don't know that we have the solution. Can I just rewind? I'm praying for that person to be out of my life. And God said, the solution's to bless them, not to get rid of them. And then I said to the Lord, how do you bless somebody living in sin? You see, I had the solution, but I didn't know I had the solution. And the Lord said, you, you got it. You know what to do here. You know what to do. It's a challenge. You know what to do. You're trying to get rid of the challenge. There's a challenge. You know what to do. And so the, the Lord, he takes me back to the core, the core law. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Lord said, you have zero obligations except to love. The end. You don't have to talk to them about their sin. You don't have to come up with a plan to help them get out of their sin. Just love them. Just love them. That's all I need for you. If I want you to go further, I will let you know. But many times, we're trying to take on an assignment. Oh, Jesus, somebody needs to hear this. You're trying, I'm trying to take on an assignment that is, that's not our part of the assignment. We are only steps one, maybe two or three, maybe only one. But we're trying to do, get it to number six or seven on the list. Are you following me? And so the Lord said, it's going to be a year of challenges this year. There are going to be challenges that are going to come, but it's going to be a, a year of solutions. And he said, but here's what you need to know. There's going, it's a year of engagement. Like the solutions that we have had to challenges that we never engaged it with the solution. He said, you're going to see engagement from the knowledge of God that's inside of us. And those challenges, he's going to begin to work those through. Now, I've got some challenges, guys, in my personal world, Shay and me with our family, that I'm like, dude, they're big. They are big. They are big. I can't describe to you. Some of you who are close to me, you know how big these challenges are. Personally, just take the challenge away, God. 
That's not what he's choosing to do. We as a church will have some challenges. I know some we have right now that, we're, that you don't know about them yet, but I know about them, that we're faced. You're going to know about them because I'm going to share with you in due time. But we have some challenges in this next year. And if we're not careful, we'll look at the circumstance and we'll go, I don't want that. Just get rid of it. I can't do it. It's too big. Yada, yada, yada. Instead of looking and trusting our Savior, our provider. And if you're in a situation where you're challenged, I want you to look up there and tell me which is the smaller wheel. The smaller wheel is your challenge. The bigger wheel, and he started uh, telling me uh, that, you know, these things are going to come into uh, an engagement and they're going to begin to turn and things are going to begin to work at a level in our lives that we've not seen it working. If you were here last week, Holy Spirit spoke a prophetic message from someone else in the, uh, in the congregation that pretty much validates what I just said, that we are going to begin to see a movement that we've not seen before. Why? Because we've always been so used to running from the challenges. And then the Holy Spirit said that there's going to be other challenges that come. But as they come, all of these challenges, for us to not wor worry about it because God is going to provide the solutions and there are going to be challenges that we're going to be facing that we're going, I don't know what to do here. I promise you, two things that we, we're responsible for is first look, do we know what to do? Do, do we know what to do? Did we even read the manual to see if it said anything about it? Do we know what to do? Do we have? Because many times the answer is already there. We're just not using it. And then James tells us that if any man lacks wisdom, let him go and ask the Father. And the Father gives liberally wisdom to us. So I'm just telling you, whatever challenges you have right now, moving forward into this year, God is providing everything that we need to meet those challenges. Amen. So it's a year of challenges. It's a year of solutions. It's a year of engagement. Listen, we've got to be called. If we were made for community, we've got to be called to our community. I don't know if you've ever lived in an area before and you never planted roots. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, if you stay around a, a, it, here, but if you stay around a house for any length of time, meaning a church, a ministry, or whatever, you'll begin to see threads, and you'll begin to see precept upon precept, foundation upon foundation. You'll begin to see it. Last week, God gave a message at the end of service, a prophetic word through me, and I'm like, it came out of nowhere. And I don't even fully remember all of it because it wasn't for me, I don't believe. And I just delivered it and it was something about uh, roots and, uh, and, and like planting roots and roots going down deep. And that's where God's going to begin to birth some things out of you. But because you've not planted roots, you've not been able to operate in the fullness of the anointing and gifting that he has for you. Because there are no roots. Have you ever lived in a place where you, you come in to this community and you're like, man, I'm only going to be here a couple of years. So I don't get real invested in that community. Shay and I, when we went into the house that we're living in now, I don't know how long we're going to be there. But we went into that house with this idea, we're not going to be in this house that long. And so, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. But 
so many times what happens in our world today, especially in the church world, because we have so many choices. There are so many churches within a five-mile radius of Destiny Church. So many flavors of of ministry within a five-mile radius. We got options. You know what I'm saying? We ain't just got one little hut on the top of a hill in a jungle somewhere. We got options. So many times, people... They are all over the place in their, in their spiritual uh, uh, life because they're not called to that community. They'll come in and they'll be here for a little bit and then they'll go there and they'll be there for a little bit. And, they'll, and, I, and I, I usually tell people like, uh, man, you got to find somewhere. You got to get under a, 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 a community of believers into a community of believers. Like we've got to be called to our community. There are people that live in a community that are not in community with that community. You follow me? All right. So if we are to be called to our community, I can't remember if it was Bill Johnson, but somebody said this one time. They're, they're like, listen, I, it doesn't matter what your ministry is, Butch. Like, I am not concerned about your ministry until I know you're concerned about this ministry. Are you looking to be a part of this ministry? Is this your family or, or, is, or is this a, a place for you to use for your gifting? Like, so many people operate that way. And listen, um, I'm looking for people that are, they want to they use their gift to, to come be a part of this house and to uh, do mis- the mission of this church in this region. If we could get every, and, and please hear me, man. I, it's almost like I want to do it like this. But please hear me, because I'm not trying to, to, to send a subliminal message to anybody. This is a prophetic word from the Lord. That it is time to sink roots. It, it, there, there is a nomadic spirit. That's not in the Bible anywhere. I can't find it anywhere. I, it's just what I've labeled it. A nomadic spirit that will not allow people to plant anywhere. See, you can't handle the dull days at destiny. Oh, come on now. You can't handle the boring days or the sermons that stink. It's got to be on fire every day on point. Everything's got to be perfect. You can't handle the fact that we don't have a superstar children's ministry. So you got to go to a mega church where nobody knows your name. You're only going to be there for a short amount of time. Pastor Rife, you just sound uh, like scorned. No, I tell you, I've been in ministry 35 years. I'm telling you, this is my mission. This is my business. This is my career. I am a cleric. Do you understand? In the house of the Lord. I know what I'm talking about. But God is looking for people that you have a gifting and it's not being used anywhere to the degree that the Lord wants to use it because there are no roots. God is saying it is time to sink roots. Now, roots are going to look different for different people. I know my time is quickly gone, but you got to hear me. You got to hear me. So I'll just give you an example. Alan Bailey, which many of you guys uh, know, uh, Alan is, we're going to be sharing more about this coming up, but Alan, he's a prophet in this house. Many of you guys don't even know that, but he is a prophet in this house. He operates in the gift 
an office of the prophet. He is about to step back into full-time ministry. He's going to be uh, operating under the umbrella of this house. He's still this house. He still does that now, but he goes and he preaches in different places, but this is his house. And you don't see my relationship with him, but he and I are in constant relationship. We're in constant contact with each other. You may not see it, but we are. It's going to look different. Doesn't mean that, you know, God's going to tie your hands or anything. But there is something that God is wanting to do in this season. And listen, our time is short. Our time is short. We are living in the end days. And even if Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, it doesn't matter. Our days are still short. I am turning 56 in like a couple of months. Like, I'm not old, I don't feel old, but I can't tell you that I'm not looking at my life going, I used to look at it like, wow, I got so much left. Now I look at my life as, wow, I got so much left. And like, I want to use this because it's like the 56 went by fast. I had babies just a few minutes ago and now my children are 26 and 30. We planted destiny 17 years ago. It seems like just the other day we were meeting in our living room. Time is moving at an accelerated pace. We've got to be called to the community that we serve. I was created for community, but you've got to be called to that community. You've got to have influence in that community. And you only have influence to the degree that you are invested. Look at this. We have to protect our community. We have to protect our community. I don't know if there's people online that you need to hear this today. But we have to protect our community. And there are times we have not done a good job protecting our community. Listen, I've come to the understanding. I've had people and voices speaking in my ears for years. Well, pastor, if we'd do this, we'd grow a church. If we'd do that, we'd grow a church. If we'd stop doing this. I, I know people think I make this stuff up. I've had people to say to me, if you wouldn't allow tongues and uh, prophetic Uh, gifts in the service, you would attract more young people. You know what? That's a curse. That's them speaking a curse out of their mouth. Uh, If you would stop this, and I'm like, I just, sometimes I just want to say, man, I I hate that you're an idiot of the word. You're an idiot of the word. Paul actually says, you, there's a lot of gifts. That's one of them that you can't forbid. It's weird. It's supernatural, not natural. It, you know, we can get into it and I could actually make it understandable to you. And if you can't understand it, it means you're not wanting to understand it. But I promise you, it's understandable how that is actually an operational gift. But I've had them say, if you would stop doing that, you would grow a church. If you would stop doing this, you would, if you would stop doing this. And I'm like, listen, I have come to, to the re- realization that I do not care about numbers. Now, numbers do bother me. I'm not saying that, you know, just whatever, loosey-goosey. Numbers do bother me, but I have to subjugate that to the presence of God and being, being uh, fully 
um, lined up with the word. We are not ever going to be this kind of big box church that it's like we're going to cut all of that out because we want a house full of sinners to come and we want them to all feel comfortable and you can live whatever kind of lifestyle you want to and you, you can do whatever you want to and we don't want to say anything that's going to hurt your feelings and so you know but we have a great crowd here it looks great on Instagram and it looks uh, uh, awesome Friends, I'm telling you, I am personal pastors with almost every, uh, every uh, major church in, in this. And if I'm not a personal pastor, a friend of theirs, I know them uh, at, at a close acquaintance. I have stood in their sanctuaries and they have said before, we don't allow that in our sanctuary. We don't allow certain things in our sanctuary. Like I've lost people to Destiny Church over flags. You know, we have somebody occasionally that'll want to wave some flags over there. I've, I haven't lost anybody, but I've had people say before, you just need to stop that shofar thing, man. It's like, it's weird to people. Listen, there's going to be something weird to outside people every time you come in here. Every time there's a new person that comes into this house, there's going to be something weird that happens in this place because you're unfamiliar. It's only weird because you're unfamiliar with it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I am not going to, and, and the thing about it is all of those people who would say those things are the people who they serve the least, they give the least, and they worship the least. And they want to have that say so. And I'm like, not here, not here. We are going to be we are going to be a church that we are like, God, we're here for your presence. We are here for your presence. We have to protect this house. We protect this house because what happens in this is our community. And so if we're not careful, if we don't protect this house, how do you protect your house? Well, you need to know what your values are. If you don't know what our values are, please pick up one of those as you go out at the welcome desk today. There are seven, uh, seven, my lord. Uh, there are seven core values that uh, we have. The very first one is not only do we embrace the supernatural, but we expect it. I'm telling you what, if we don't have the supernatural in this place on any given Sunday, we have a second-rate music team. If we don't have the Holy Spirit here on any given Sunday, you've got a pastor and a, and, a, and a person doing this, what I'm doing right now, that is not even qualified. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we need the presence of God, the supernatural anointing on everything we do because we are pathetic in and of ourselves if we do not have that. And we are going to stand up. It's a hill to die on. It is a hill to die on. And many people will say, hey, if your numbers are going this way, if your numbers are going this way, then you need to stop some of these things. And it's like, listen, I'm just telling you, I, I can look in scripture to see where God pruned. I can look at Gideon. And I mean, my God, he gets down and he's like, are you going to take any more? But what happens is we have to protect our community and what God is doing here in this house, in this region. And there are so many things about this that I could say. When we look at protecting our community, when we go out into the world, you can't bring the world back here with you. 
Like Joshua and Joshua, that's supposed to be chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. In Joshua chapter 6, he tells them, we're fixing to go in and we are going to wipe this city off the face of the planet, Jericho. He's like, when we go in there, do not touch any of the devoted things to pagan gods. Don't touch them. If you do, you'll bring a curse upon yourself. Go read it for yourself. He said, if you do, you will bring a curse upon yourself. Listen. When we come in, back into the country, if you've ever traveled internationally outside of the country, you do not get to walk off the plane and just walk out to your car. What do I have to do? First of all, I have to prove my identity, get that passport out, and I have to say, see this? This is who I am. Not only that, they want to know, they, I, I've got some declarations I've got to make. Did you, did you do anything outside? Are you bringing anything in that you need to declare? In other words, take responsibility for. Then some countries, they'll ask you, as you're coming back in, they will ask you, you touched any rocks over there? You played with any farm animals? You handled any fruit? You ain't got no fruit with you. What are they doing? They are wanting to protect our nation from invasive species and to get in and decimate our wildlife and infrastructure and, and food uh, uh, structure. When we come into this place, man, I'm telling you, we have to make some declarations over ourselves. I am in the world, but I'm not of the world. I go out there and I minister to it, but I will not bring it back in here. And what happens is many times we will bring back infections from outside. Many times we didn't even let people go through the customs process and they'll come into the church and they'll begin to bring ideologies and mindsets that you know are contrary to the culture that we have at Destiny. They'll begin to do this or that or, or whatever and you've played with the devil for too long. You have played with the devil. We have played with people. Why? Because we consider them, this is going to make somebody mad and I just don't care. You've played with the devil for too long and the devil is in, in the form of some friendships and relationships and we don't want to hurt those people's feelings because we like them so we what we will do is we will placate to some of their sinfulness that is damaging to the community that I live in and so that begins to hinder you spiritually and come on here some places where people are spiritually is because you're living a contaminated life you have you've been involved in things that are not downright sinful, but you've been involved in, and it has resulted with sin. And so now it's hard for you to connect with God. It's hard for you to see the mission of God. It's hard for you to receive from me. It's hard for you to receive what God is doing in this house. And you've taken on assignments. Hear me, this is for somebody in this house today. You've taken on assignments that are not your assignments. The enemy's got you so busy doing stuff that you're not even supposed to be doing that right now you don't even know what your calling is because you have taken on assignments that are not yours. That's a word from the Lord for somebody. You got to be called to your community. What is your community? Where is your community? Why are you in this room? Why are you with these people here today? I, I know we got several people who are visiting today. They're like, oh, Jesus. I don't know now. Is he talking to me, baby? Man, you let Holy Spirit do whatever, you, uh, whatever he wants to in you. Two more things. All right. The second thing is this. We have to repossess our community. 
Y'all, the church is lost. Do we even care? The church is lost. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he's come that we have life and have it abundantly. But it doesn't come just as a handout. Like the enemy's killing, stealing, and destroying. You don't believe that? Come talk with me. I can take you through 10 years of hell that I've tried to shield some of you from and probably shouldn't have. But the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. We have got to repossess our community. I've had people to walk into this church, and I won't call the pastor's name that they wanted me to be like, but they're like, you know, at the church that we just came from, this is, this is how we do it, and you should consider, and I'm like, I'm not at that church, and I'm not those people's pastor, and I'm not the apostle in this region for that, for that call. And this is what I said to them. Y'all can think I'm a jerk if you want to. I said, why did you leave there? If, that, if that's what you want, why did you leave there? Are you, are, is it because you can't get with their vision? Did something happen? Why are you not there? Why are you not there? And, of course, they came to our church back and forth three times. They came, they left. They came, they left. They came, they left. The last time, this is what I told them, y'all are going to think I'm a horrible person. I said, hey, don't come back. Don't come back. I said, you need to find, this ain't it. This ain't it. You need to find where God wants you, and this is not it. Because you have been here three times, and you have not. Come on, listen. I'm talking to some people right here in this room. I'm talking to people that you know. And I need, what, what I need is I need people who will stand up for this community. Because some people in this community, there are people that you know and love that are not living in alignment with this community. Doesn't mean you can't love them. It doesn't mean that they're being outwardly rebellious it's just they are not called here well they show up they serve on my team let them go they are not called here do we see that person just for what value they bring in their body to serve here no dude i'm telling you we need people who are called here i don't need your ministry we don't need your ministry we need the Holy Ghost. We need people who are called for the mission that God has called us to. Let's collectively use everything that we have to invade forces of darkness. We have to repossess our community. Last one, and uh, I see you, uh, if you want to come, and, and I'm going to be quick on this. We have to expand our community. Genesis 1.28 says this. It says... That we are called to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and govern the earth. Everything about God is outward, not inward. Jesus sent people out. You and I, when we come together for this gathering, for this season, for this moment in time during the week, it's for us to fill up, to get some direction. And dude, when we leave here shortly, you're on mission. You are on assignment. 
And so we have to expand our community. And what that means is that you might not be in that leadership anymore because God wants to move you here and move somebody else into that one. That means that there may be people that come that they don't know the mission of our church, the heartbeat of our church or whatever. They like certain things about us, but they're not really looking to tap in to our core values. What does that mean? You go back to step number one. We have to protect our community. And I can, we got a few new families here that you've been coming. Listen, I can't love you and just wanting your butts in those seats more than I want God's best for you. I would be violating the word of God. I would be violating the mission of our church and I would be violating my personal mission, which is to help you be the best version of yourself, to be a discipler of disciples. So these are the things, and I want us to say this. I want us to say it. It's our first time that we're fixing to say our uh, declaration for 2024 together. You can come. I'm just assuming that you got a word from the Lord that you want to share. Let's say it like we mean it. God created me for community. Every contact has the potential for positive impact. Can we say it again? God created me for community. Every contact has the potential for positive impact. Come on, just share. Okay, um, I'm Hunter. I have, uh, I've had this vision for a few weeks now, and I have witnesses that I've told about it, so I'm not just coming up with this today, but I have, I have a word for the church, and then I have a word for some specific people. And first I want to say, um, I know for sure that I have hurt people before with my words and actions. I am truly sorry. And I, I want to get that out of the way. Please forgive me because I want these words to be received in love. If I say something and it comes across as offensive, I'm talking about right now, or it hurts you, please understand that I'm saying it wrong because these are meant to be so encouraging. So for our house, I told Wesley this morning in our group time that I believe that this house is going to move into a, to a period of miracles. We are going to be a house of miracles like the Brandon Lake song. Come on, man. Healings, any kind of miracles you can think of. And what Rife is talking about, the challenges, one of the challenges is going to be that we need to, we need to step into who we are. And that is going to be challenging. Yeah. It's going to require us to change things about ourselves. It's going to be requiring us to step out in ways that we're scared of. So I just, I had this vision a few weeks ago of me telling people things that God has revealed to me. And I'm going to do that now. So I'll start with you, Alan, because I already, I already said this to you, but I want to speak it over you. Mm-hmm. You are not Alan the weird guy. Come on. You mm-hmm. are Alan Bailey. God created you to be Alan Bailey. People call things weird that are different. Every single one of us is different. You are Alan Bailey. Step out and be Alan Bailey. You are not weird. I I know I already told you that, but I want to speak it out loud over you. Step out and do what you know you're supposed to do and step out in boldness. Okay, Jackie, you have more to give than what you're offering you need to reach inside and you need to, the things that you know that you are gifted with, it's time to start stepping out, operating in them. Okay? Jabralin, you are meant to call things out on people. I know that you're afraid to talk to people about God 
because of your friends and you want to, I understand that. You're meant, you're meant to call things out in people. God tells you things about people. Braylon, use your art and your music to, to bring things out in people and to work with people and to show them God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around as I, as I remember the things. Paul, you have a lot more to say than what you do. You're not meant to be in the background. You're not meant to be on the sidelines. Step out and do what you need to do. Betty, you are more than the things that you do for work. Okay? You, you have an identity that is not even connected to what you do at your job. Okay? I have, to, I, I have to keep my head clear. Stephanie, Stephanie Barron, you don't have to adjust anything about yourself at all. You don't need to soften your edges. You don't need to change anything about yourself to be accepted by anyone. You be you. God created you to be you. <sighs> Beatrice, you're not, you're not meant to be an independent woman. You're not meant to be strong all the time. God wants to lift under your wings and carry you. Okay? You don't have to do it all on your own. Shekalen, you are not just a princess. You are a queen. God has called you to royalty. You are not meant to struggle and to wonder what's going to happen next. He has a purpose and a plan for you. You are a queen. And you are meant to be like people would view the queen of England and they would look at them as a light and this thing that they could be excited about. Everybody loved the queen of England. That's you. You're meant to be a light to show to people. Okay. Abel, you have more to say than what you're letting out. You need to start speaking more boldly because you have a lot more to say. Don't let, don't let, I, I mean, I'm, don't let your accent stop you from talking to people. Because the words are what matter, not what you sound like or look like. Miss Jackie, if you're watching online, you, you have a gift to talk to people. And you have, you, you have a way to come up with the right words to say to people. So use those words. Amber, if you're watching online, the, the world is waiting for you to step out with your, your gifting, and it does not matter what you do, what you look like, what you sound like, what you talk like, just do what you are. We're all waiting for it. The world is waiting for it. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. You came to Thanksgiving, and I forgot your name. Jamie? Jamie. God says, sing. Sing to me, daughter. Sing. I don't know. That's what he said to say to you. Shay. You have so many more gifts than you, will let, than you will let out. We need them. The things that are in you that you think that are just for you, we need them desperately. Glenna, you do not have to carry the burden of the choices of your friends and family. Nothing that they do is because of something you fell short on or something that you lack. You don't have to carry that, okay? Larry, you are more than just the guy that's good at giving advice for money and business. You are more than that. You're meant to lead people closer to the Father's heart. And it doesn't have to be because you are a successful businessman. That's not your identity. 
that is a blessing. Step into your true identity and draw people closer to God. Rife. Rife. You do not need to prove to us that you have earned your way into this position. You do not need to prove that to us. You could have been saved yesterday, and God still placed you right here on this pulpit. And we receive your words, and we receive what you say because God placed you here, not because you've already been through something or because you have reached a spiritual level that has made you worthy of being in this position. You're where you are because God placed you there. And you don't, we, you don't need to prove that you need to be here, that you belong here. And I think, I think that's it. Thank you, Father. And I just, we need, we need those things so that we can move into this stuff that Rife is talking about. We need to step into those new identities because the challenges, if we're not, if we're not where we need to be spiritually, the challenges will crush us. Yeah, that's right. So let's just receive, uh, you know, these words from the Lord, these prophetic words uh, of encouragement. That's what the spirit of prophecy is. And like, uh, I know you might go like, yeah, I don't know any of those people. I don't know what that's all about. Well, I do. I know the majority of, I think, everybody. And uh, those words are for you. If you don't, you need to write them down as quickly as you can uh, remember. Uh, Amy also records all of those, so we'll have them. We'll be able to give those to you if you want. And this is what I want to ask you to do. You need to take those words, and you need to uh, just take them to the Lord in prayer. Because almost every time, not every time, but almost every time God speaks a word to me, I'll go, oh, yeah, I know what that. And it's like, normally I'm wrong. So I'm like, don't accept it at face value. Take it and go, like, you know, sing. What does that mean? Like, do you need to be up here singing on our team or whatever? Or, or, or is there some other nuance of singing that God's speaking? Yeah, yeah. So those kinds of things that the Lord, whatever it is, like for that or any of you guys, take them before the Lord and just let God receive that. <clears throat> how, how is it that Hunter gets to give a prophetic word in this house? Community. Community. Because if you're new today and you walked up, I'd, first of all, I'm not sure you would get very close because of our security team. But you get there because of community. We walk together. We do life together. We pray together. We do ministry together. And I trust him. Um, I know we've uh, gone a little bit past our time. And uh, it, that's still all good. Um, I'm just reclaiming time that I lost at Cracker Barrel. Okay. <laughs> I'm fixing to let you go. Um, this is also going to be a year of uh, fruit bearing and growth. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that that means all of the rosy things that we like. But how I've seen God work in these declarations, there is a year of teaching and getting it into our DNA. And the fruit bearing of that comes usually the, the next year. And that year is another year of teaching and, you know, plowing and everything and and. It builds on that one, and then the next year is a year of fruit bearing. So this year, we're going to see fruit in influence and making impact. 
And the plowing that's going to happen is, ooh, how do we interact with every contact so that we can have that positive uh, outcome? So stand to your feet with me. I love you. I appreciate you. As you leave today, um, our team is going to give you out one of these magnets that uh, you can just take. It's just, it's basically a memory magnet. It, keep it before you somewhere that you can get this into your DNA and you can recite it by heart. It gets into your spirit. If you want to pray about anything, our prayer team will be down front. And we love you. Thank you so much for just worshiping and receiving what God has for us today. When you go out of this place, I want you today to have an incredible day with your family, with uh, whoever you're going to be with, and understand that wherever God leads you, you're there for a reason, and it may just to be, be quiet and observe. You can ask God, God, do I have any obligation? Is there any responsibility on me? And if so, what is it?